welcome to Singing the Blues. I'm Dom Housen. And I'm James Marriott. Coming up, Gary Monk is officially the man. We'll hear from him and from Barry Bannon ahead of the Huddersfield game. We have your thoughts on the new boss and we're after your predictions in Alpinions. Um, you might want to keep an ear out as well for me trying to get as many different uh, Monk-related puns into the podcast as is humanly possible. Uh, right, Dom? Nice, quiet week then. Yeah, as expected. Um, so, Gary Monk uh, appointed last Friday. I, I kind of had my say in the uh, the mini podcast that we did just after the uh, after the news came out. Um, so, yeah, I mean, what uh, plenty of time to reflect on things. What What are your thoughts right now? I, I um, yeah, I, I'm encouraged. I'm sort of uh, looking forward to it. And and my overall impressions are that uh, Gary Monk is vastly experienced at this level and I think that is probably what Wednesday require right now and having had five clubs in this league and he's managed 150 plus championship matches so he knows his way uh, in and around the division and if you look at most of his clubs I think he's done well at, uh, at by and large at most places that he's been and uh, I was actually particularly impressed with the work that he did at Birmingham in really difficult circumstances uh, and and so yeah I think that it's a question of people have to be they have to be patient and they have to give him time uh, and support to get things right as uh, I think he may need more than two possibly three transfer windows to really put his proper stamp on the place uh, and we all know in football that time is a precious commodity, but I think that when you look at the stats and you see that he is now the fourth permanent boss that Wednesday've had in less than two years, I, I just look at it and think that stability is vitally important right now for Wednesday. Absolutely. I think ultimately... Um, this comes down to the fact that it is a rebuilding project at Wednesday and I think there's been a little chunk of this season where we could convince ourselves that it's not that actually maybe we're alright and we've got the players and we can be in with a shout of you know going for, for promotion this season and then reality kind of kicks in a bit and you kind of realise it, it is rebuilding now you know we've got players that are with all due respect to them and I'm certainly not saying they're past it but they're at that stage of their career where um, you know we, we've got to be looking a little bit further ahead did you see the stat about the fact that Wednesday, I think, are the only team in the entire league that have, have no minutes of any players under 23 this season so far. I had missed that, actually. But, yeah, I've certainly seen the stats where I think Wednesday have named the oldest team uh, so far in the opening six matches in the Championship. Uh, so we know that they're an ageing and, and there's still a pretty bloated squad in some areas and, and there does need to be surgery. Uh, and that's why Monk... Uh, may well need January next summer and the January after that before uh, he can properly, uh, you know, put the squad that he believes is capable of challenging for promotion. Obviously, we hope this year that Wednesday are going to be in the mix and be in and around the top six. But right now, how realistic is that? I would say that they're a little bit short of uh, of challenging and, and being right up there. Right, let's get the thought of some Wednesday fans from uh, the newly invented Singing the Blues line. Hi, this is Mark. Uh, I'm happy with the appointment of Gary Monk. Since Transier has come in, uh, we've gone for the two 
left field foreign appointments and then of course went for the experience promotion mastering Steve Bruce but we still find ourselves mid-table after spending a lot of money so for the next manager in my opinion we need a young hungry ambitious guy that knows the league uh, Monk fits that bill for me on a personal level for himself he's still got a lot to prove Lee Bullen sticking around I think that's a good idea I know some fans want a complete clean slate which I understand but you know, he's no stranger to working with different managers. He can bring Monk up to speed quite quickly. We don't have a pre-season. You know, we've got a match on Sunday, so he needs to hit the ground running straight away, and I think Bullen can certainly help with that. I think he's more of a 4-4-2 manager as well, and we've got the players for that. So, yeah, happy with the appointment, and looking forward to seeing how he gets on. Hello, Singing the Blues podcast. My name's Joe, or at Joe SWFC on Twitter. I'm 18, and I'm a season ticket holder on the cop. My reaction to the Monk appointment, it could have been worse. Yes, I would have preferred the Cowley brothers in the Wednesday dugout. However, Monk is a far better appointment than the likes of Tony Pulis, Gary Rowett and sadly Lee Bullen. Monk is still a young, ambitious manager who seems to get the best out of his players, even under difficult circumstances, which we saw during his time at Birmingham. I think with our squad and his previous experience at Hillsborough as a player, he has the right tools to potentially pull off something special for the Owls this season as long as we manage to keep our key players fit. But he has a big test in front of him with his first game being against Huddersfield. My overall view on the appointment of Gary Monk is one of optimism and excitement. Bring on the rest of the season. Hi, it's Christian Betts, at Christian Betts on Twitter. My first point is on Dayfon Chancery, specifically at the press conference, the YouTube footage I saw. His body language wasn't great. He appeared very disinterested, very unengaged. I'm not surprised, to be honest. The previous three managerial appointments have ended really badly, more so the Bruce-Newcastle situation. You know, what does this mean? Is this the last throw of the dice? What happens from here? And my second point, kind of joined on to that, is I think as a fan base, we need to understand that the pool of managers is limited. We're operating in very specific constraints, and if the rumour's true that Chancery only appoints managers out of work, that pool is even more narrow. So of the pool that's available, Gary Monk, for me, is a good appointment. Yes, his transfer dealings do worry me, but his results do not. So for me, I'm happy. I'm going to get behind him. We'll see what happens. Thanks a lot. Love the Owls. I'm Lee Kenny. My Twitter is at ExiledOwl, and I use that because I live about 4,000 miles away from Sheffield in Atlanta, Georgia in the US. Continue to be passionate about Wednesday, but it does help sometimes I'm a fair bit removed from the usual talk that surrounds us. But when it comes to Gary Monk's appointment, I'm actually very positive. He's a younger manager, which is something that I and most others wanted, I think. He seems to want to press the opposition teams and not just for the sake of it, but he does it in an organised way. If we can consistently do that, I think that can only be a good thing for the likes of the flair players, such as Bannon and Murphy, who are as good as anyone in our league when it comes to influencing games. I think it also gives a good opportunity for Kieran Lee, because if he's harrying at the top end, he'll be in a better position to support the forwards if we win the ball back there. If Gary can get a winning percentage of 46-47% like he did at Leeds or Borough or somewhere close to it, we'll definitely be in the right area when it comes to the end of the season. We know that Mr Chancery likes to give his managers time so he has a chance to build for the long term, perhaps like our noisy neighbours down the road. I'm a self-confessed delusional happy clapper who enters into every season thinking of promotion, so I really can't wait to see how we do against Huddersfield on the 15th. Hi Rob here. So for me, Gary Monk feels like a bit of a mid-table manager. When uh, when we had Bruce and even when we've been linked with the likes of Danny Cowley, they felt like managers that would be able to really build something at Wednesday, but that isn't the impression that I get from Monk. 
Monk also feels slightly lesser, which may be unfair uh, when compared to the likes uh, of Hewton or you know anyone else that we've been linked with over the summer. It just doesn't feel quite at the same calibre that we were looking at. I do hope he proves me wrong and he can see us through a good season. Hi, I'm Cam Ward. I'm 17 years old and I sit on the north stand with a season ticket. I think it's a really good appointment for Wednesday. At the start, I'll be honest, I was a bit underwhelmed because the Danny Cowley appointment looked imminent. Now coming to terms with the Gary Monk appointment, I'm really impressed. He's only 40, he's got a very impressive championship record and, and that's under very bad ownership. Wednesday are in good hands under Defran Chanjiri and um, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it. He, he plays some positive football and he was wrongly sacked at Birmingham after talking to some Birmingham fans I know. Um, they loved him, so I'm really looking forward to what he can bring to Wednesday. So, yeah, up the owls. Well, there we go. I would say um, generally positive. Yeah. A couple of kind yeah. of negative things in there. A couple of people not not, not, not totally convinced. Um, but overall, I think, um, yeah, I mean, I, it's been weird gauging the move cause, mood because I, I, I kind of, when, when it became apparent last sort of Friday lunchtime that Gary Monk was going to be the guy. Um, I, I thought there was, there were a few fans that were a bit negative about it. And, and as time's gone by, people seem to have kind of like been won over a little bit and kind of come round to the, to the idea. Were you fairly negative? I, f- I was a bit under, I mean, we talked about him before, only really in passing, haven't we? But he's one of those names that has come up when we've kind of talked about managers who've been knocking around the betting. And I've, I kind of described him as being one of those also ran managers who are just a bit, yeah. Yeah, middle of the road, nothing spectacular. But when obviously it became apparent he is going to be the guy, and you look at his record a little bit more, and you kind of think, actually, do you know what? He's the same age as Danny Cowley. I thought he was a little bit older. He's not. He's exactly the same age. He's he's got the advantage of having some championship experience. I don't think he's actually done a bad job anywhere that he's been. Really, you wouldn't look at any of them. He gets a bit of stick for for Middlesbrough, but he, they were in the playoffs when he left there. You know, it's not like they were in a complete state. Um, so, it, his record's pretty good. It is, yeah. Uh, I agree. You know, what was it, nearly 40% win record? Uh, I, I think that, you know, very decent, not too shabby at all. Uh, I, what I like is that uh, I think it helps him that he's had a loan spell at the club and he talked a lot about that at his press conference. You know, it was only 15 matches and three months, but uh, I, I think it helps him understand the club and uh, what it's all about uh, and uh, you know he mentioned you know how sort of big a pull that is that he you know he's played for the club uh, and so he gets I think the demands and the pressures uh, that come with putting on that shirts and representing the football club so I, I like it from uh, that point of view and I think the other thing that excites me a little bit is uh, you know, he he'd be hands on on the coaching, uh, you know, on the training pitch and with coaching. And when he gets his own coaching staff in, or when he gets it right, and we'll probably come on to that in a bit. But uh, I, I think you know already we've seen early signs of. And if you look at his previous clubs in uh, Birmingham and Leeds, uh, the job that him and his staff did on improving and taking, say, Chris Wood to the next level or uh, you know Shea Adams last season uh, and that's particularly uh, where it would be great if Monk can seriously work his magic at the top end of the pitch as for me that's one of the big things that will hold Wednesday back is you still do look at it and think 
who is going to score 15 to 20 goals. Now, Wednesday have five strikers still on the books, but can he improve that department? Can he get more out of them? Uh, if he can, uh, then you never know. I mean, who possibly Wednesday could have a chance of getting in the top six. But uh, I think that's one of the, the, the big challenges, definitely, that is facing Gary Monk. Yeah. Um, he, he's got a little bit of a reputation as well for um, uh, being, I'm trying to find the right way of sort of phrasing this, but being a little bit harsh on any players that are kind of being a little bit troublesome. Um, my point that I'm kind of thinking towards here is it's only a couple of weeks since we were talking about the players that Wednesday have got, the amount of talent that's in that squad, and there are players that are just not performing, that are not pulling their weight. Um, Gary Monks seems to be the kind of manager who's not really going to suffer that. You know, he will he will get players either playing to the best of their ability, or they won't be they won't be playing in the in the team. Um, and and you know we've kind of seen that at other clubs where he's actually taken a group of players that I would, I would arguably say aren't, aren't as good as what Wednesday have got and and got them performing. So um, you know that's that's got to be a good thing um, for us as well. Um, what about this? Theory that he t- he, you know, he only plays four four two or he favours four four two. Anything that he's kind of said this week that's given any clues as to what to expect from from that side. Well, really, on, on the sort of style of play front, uh, he's made it clear that he wants to be aggressive, and I, I think that uh, pressing high. Uh, I think we will be seeing that again. You know, and we saw that in the first couple of matches under Lee Bowen, uh, and I, I think that. This group of players, uh, in terms of fitness levels, I think they're they're in as good a shape as that they are. They have been for a number of years, and it, certainly when it comes to injuries as well, that there are very few. Uh, so he, he's sort of lucky from that point of view that he's got a lot of options at, at his disposal. But I think tactically, it, I think he'd be pretty flexible, and that uh, you know if he sees that four four two, if that's the way that he decides to go. Huddersfield, uh, if that, if that doesn't work, I, I think that he will mix things up. I'm sure he will. You know, like I said, I keep coming back to the point of the guy's got a lot of experience. So I think it's a case of you've got to give him a chance and and see what he can do. Definitely, uh, Monk will want to get Wednesday into the habit of winning. Uh, last week's episode then was entitled "Is Dan the Man for Wednesday." Um, that aged well. Lots of mentions when we heard from the, from the Wednesday fans earlier about Danny Cowley. Um, I don't really want to go on about it much because it's kind of irrelevant now. You know, he turned us down. He wanted a day to think about it. He wanted control of transfers in writing. We didn't offer him the job. Whatever, it doesn't really matter. Um, Alan Biggs was obviously briefly on the the bonus episode last Friday, so thank you to Alan. But but he's um, obviously been in the paper this week talking about. He thinks that Wednesday have the right man out of the two. Um, any thoughts on this? I, I agree with Alan uh, on the point, definitely. Of I think experience for what Wednesday need right now. We've seen over the last few years that the young up-and-coming managers who've got promotions on the CVs and who've done very well, uh, to name you two in the last couple of years that spring to mind, you've got obviously Nathan Jones, who's still in a job as things stand at Stoke, but I think he's won three out of 26, 27 matches. So he's found it very difficult to turn things around there. And then another one uh, would be Paul Hurst, who, when he took over Mm -hmm. at Ipswich, again, another one where it's backfired. Now, I'm not saying for one minute that Gary Monk uh, is going to be a 
big success at Wednesday and that it's definitely going to work out. I'm not suggesting that for one minute. Whoever Wednesday would have appointed it carries a risk. Of course it does. You know, There's no guarantee with any manager that you bring in that uh, it's going to work out. There isn't. Um, and so I think, I mean, what's important to note really from uh, the Danny Cowley sort of side of it is that yeah, there was there was interest, and there has been all along, as we've discussed before, in Danny Cowley. But uh, at no point, as far as you know, my understandings and from what I know, uh, were Danny Cowley and the Cowley brothers. They weren't offered the Wednesday job uh, last week. That was not the case. Uh, were there maybe conversations that went on behind the scenes? I certainly wouldn't have ruled them out. The fact of the matter is that Danny Cowley publicly, as he's going to say, said that there was no contact from Wednesday. Uh, I'm sure that there may have been some discussions behind the scenes. Uh, But uh, Gary Monk was another one who would have been on the shortlist from the very beginning. So we're going back two months ago. So they would have been two names who were always up there and on the club's radar, along with others. Yeah, um... On, on this kind of question, and, and there's been so many different things to think about this week, this question of, you know, have Wednesday got the right man out of the two? Um, obviously, Chancery knew who he who he wanted this week and has, you know, has, has got his man. Um, I, I've kind of come round to this way of thinking that actually maybe Gary Monk is better for Wednesday, partly because as well, you know, Chancery is quite a complicated owner and, and Gary Monk's worked under people like that before. He's worked at clubs that are complicated. Leeds, Birmingham spring to mind in terms of the fact that, you know, they, they were not necessarily just the ownership, but complicated situations. Birmingham was in a complicated situation. You know, we know that Wednesday for the next couple of years are going to be in that kind of situation. You know, there's still, we don't know what's going to happen with this thing about the, the stadium price and all that kind of stuff. There could still be stuff that comes back up. Um, so uh, it's kind of good that he's got experience of you know just kind of getting on with football matters when things behind the scenes aren't ideal now you know Danny Cowley's done a great job in bringing Lincoln from the National League to um, League League One and you know potentially with a shout of being promoted to the championship that's that's a different kind of skill doing that with a club that's you know kind of been in the doldrums and, and bringing them back than managing a club where the expectation's high but behind the scenes things aren't necessarily going according to plan so um, yeah, I, I guess I'm, I'm talking myself around here a little bit and thinking that, you know, maybe Monk is a, a more sensible choice out of the two. And I think there's some longevity in him as well. I think that what we didn't want is someone that came in and was only going to be here till the end of the season or that is, you know, one of those managers that lasts 12 months somewhere and then goes somewhere else. I mean, actually looking at Gary Monk's record, he's not really stuck at any club for a long time. But I think the circumstances around all those different um, jobs and, and reasons why. Um, and this is something, I guess what I'm saying here is that if Gary Monk wants to make this his job, he can do it. There's a chance there. You know, he could be a Sheffield Wednesday manager for a, a decent length of, of time if he can you know achieve with the players he's got and bring in the right personnel over the next you know two three four transfer windows. Yeah, definitely. I, I like you say. I think what we know of Dave Ponchan is he will give his managers time and he will financially uh, support them as much as uh, he possibly can. And uh, it's a huge point that that this is actually a big big job for Gary Monk personally. You know, it, it, he's played it down uh, in terms of. Uh, you know, he doesn't feel like he has got points to prove, but the reality is that, yeah, this it does say that it, this is his fifth club in five years. So, from, from him, from his point of view, he's got to be looking, I think, to be putting down some serious roots 
uh, at this the football club and try and build something that is long term and sustainable. And hopefully, you know, things will be going well uh, at Wednesday. You know, if Gary Monk is still here in three, four, five years' time, then it, you would imagine that promotion will have been achieved and yeah. and everything else. But yeah, I, I do think that from uh, Gary Monk's perspective, it's it's very important that at this club uh, that he tries, you know, that, and I'm sure he will be doing, he'll be wanting to stay as long as possible and, uh, you know, show that, uh, you know, he's in it for the long haul and, uh, you know, wants to make a big success of it. Um, last question that I just want to ask you before we hear from Gary Monk himself. Um, obviously, you've 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 spoke to him a few times over the, the the course of the last few days since he became Wednesday manager. Um, what what? How do you kind of find him? And I'm asking this because I've noticed a few people on Twitter who've bumped into him in the street or seen him in the car, and he's got out to have photos taken. He's talked to fans. He seems to be either a on a bit of a charm offensive or b just a nice guy. So how how have you kind of found him? I, I think that yeah, nice guy is very. Um, approachable uh, and, and aimable and, and I, I do I think that that's the way that he portrays himself and I'd I, I'd heard good things from speaking to other journalists who've dealt with him uh, over the last few years and again largely positive uh, when I've actually been in and around him on the circuit uh, for interviews sort of post-match over the years I have found that um, and he's not the first manager and he won't be the last the, you know, when his team, if they've if they've lost or not put in a good performance, he won't hold anything back there, uh, and he can actually be a bit prickly, uh, and he doesn't like losing, mm-hmm. and that's a very good trait to have in a manager. Absolutely, yeah. uh, that you know he's d- determined to do well, and that when things don't go well, he's not going to react positively uh, towards that. So, yeah, I I just think that he. It, to me, I think it will conduct himself in a sort of very professional manner. He won't, he won't always give a lot away, but uh, yeah, but he, he'll be as upfront about certain topics as he, as he possibly can. And I think it, that sort of openness and honesty, I think we're going to see a lot of that uh, from him over the coming weeks and months. Good. Um, I, I kind of found that there was a just a bit of an air of kind of what Steve Bruce did when he came in, just in terms of just having a bit of a calming voice. The way that he speaks seems very calming, like the way that he spoke at the press conference. Um, and we're, we're kind of back in that position, aren't we? Because things have really gone to pot over the last couple of weeks for, for, for Wednesday in a lot of ways. So kind of having that feeling of someone coming in that can just kind of just bring the fan base back together a little bit and get everyone pulling in the right direction Definitely. Is, yeah. is, is great. And, and you know, if, if there is kind of an element of, you know, mini Steve Bruce there with uh, with Gary Monk, that's, that's another bonus really and something that um, Wednesday need. Right, let's hear from the guy himself uh, and uh, here is Gary Monk. There's quality in that squad and um, we all know the potential of that squad um, and I think even they feel maybe you know the last couple of seasons that potential isn't you know where it should have been um, for whatever reasons that happens but um, yeah it's trying to help them understand okay how do we get the best out of you. Yes you, there's going to be a certain way of playing or methods that we're going to use or certain areas that we work on that we need you you know to give them an idea the, the best way or the the way that I work is with clarity try and give players clarity I've always found that if a player knows exactly what you're asking of him there's no gray areas you know that's when they work at their best that's when they perform at their best so that's the way I work I've tried to put that straight in even though not to overbear them with too much but simple stuff that's very black and white very clear and then um, hopefully 
we keep building on that and that gets more response out of what I feel is a, a you know, very capable squad. Now, I realise you're obviously not going to tell the world your plans, but what do you envisage your team looking like two or three months from now? Well, I think the league demands that physicality, that aggression, that mentality. The basics of that have to be right. You know, we've seen it many, many times in this league where quality squads who come down or quality squads that are already here, do you know what I mean? They don't apply those, those you know, basics into each and every single game, into each and every single training, then you, you know, you're never going to be successful. So those are the first things, the foundation side of it. And then, of course, in terms of the style and how we want to do is, is to be adaptable within a sense. But overall, it's just that, that front foot and aggressive type of mentality, um, but also to be adaptable in, in how we're going to do it. I think we've got a smart enough squad here, haven't worked with them only for a short number of days. You know, they seem very switched on and focused and you know, you're not stood there having to tell them 20 times, you know, same thing as one or two times and they've picked it up, so that's good. But that's all going to take time. Uh, that will take time, but I understand. We live in a world of where, instant... Where is time these days? It's not in the... I can't believe I said the word. It's not in my vocabulary <laughs> anymore. But um, it does. But in the meantime, is you're trying to work in the short term to get results instantly to give you that self, that little bit longer plan where you can implement it for a longer process. But no, they've been fantastic, really responsive. As I said, everyone's been really supportive, the staff as well. Um, Lee, and, Lee and the staff have been really supportive with me and, and um, yeah, just looking forward to the game on the weekend. Yeah, how, how important is it? I read something about you about when you're, you're searching for players, you try and look for players who have a, maybe a higher sense of intelligence, if you like, who are freer, freer thinkers maybe than some. Is there a good group here in that respect? Yeah, like I said, you know, having worked with them only a, a short number of days, the work that we've done, they've, I've seen a really good response and attitude towards and, and that tells you the type of, of group you're working with. Um, I've been to clubs before where you start um, and it takes them a little bit longer to understand but even in the short amount of days that we've had with each other I've seen them pick it up of course then transferring that to the game is the most difficult bit but um, in terms of first impressions and, and how they've gone about it what I've asked them to do I've been very very pleased with them so um, yeah we just need to try and take that even though it's not you know everything that I want you know the team to be and, and you know, it won't be that on Saturday, on sorry, on Sunday. But going forward, if we can see elements of it coming from Sunday onwards, then it's a ch- it's something to build upon. So, as, as we've established, you've got no time. What were those fans saying to you? Beat Huddersfield, and you've got to beat Leeds United at some stage. So, what 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 are, what are the other challenges? It's the same at every big club, you know. But the other bit is that is the mentality. You want to win every single game. Is it possible to do that? It's very difficult and very unlikely, but mentality I've always tried to approach it and get my teams to approach is, is we want to fight our maximum for those three points each and every game. I've always used the mantra and always kept the focus on just the one game at a time. Don't look too far ahead because you can forget the now and, and what needs to be done is each game focus on that. It's your maximum for that three points and that's what, you know, an essence of that. I've already tried to put that in there with the players and hopefully as that builds in time, you know, with the squad that we have, we can, we can do that more often than not. Uh, changing tack, how how is Tom Lees today? Yeah, he's okay. He's um, yeah. So he's been back out on the pitches. Um, it'll be yeah, touch and go. Whether he makes Sunday, we'll see. You know, tomorrow we've got another training tomorrow. So um, but yeah, obviously he's an important player. So the possibilities there. Yeah, of course. You know, he's the captain of the club and um, an important player for the club and, and for this team. And and yeah, we'll have another good look at him tomorrow and make a decision. Is everybody else who could be okay? I know you've got suspension and one long-termer, but is everybody yeah. else fit from QPR? Fine, absolutely fine. And um, the international boys came back fine. Um, obviously, having that extra day helps with, with them guys as well. So, um, yeah, everyone fully fit. 
extraordinary match this weekend. Have you been in a circumstance where you're no. both new managers? No, I was just talking about it before. That can't be very often that's happened, has it? You know, where, no. you know, I've played against teams where they've got new managers, um, um, but in terms of both at the same time, it makes it definitely more difficult to prepare because there's that element of not quite normally you get a, a good you know, backlog of games and understanding of how teams play. You know, with this situation, it'll be a little bit of guesswork, a little bit of, of what you think and, um, and prepare, but um, I think the main thing for me is just being focusing on us and what we need to do. That's often how I work. Of course, you have to be aware of what the opposition do and their strengths, but since I've started management, the main bulk of my work is on what we do, so it's focused on ourselves, and I think that's the best way to get a response and, and performances out of players. So, um, yeah, difficult one to prepare for, for both of us. I'm sure there's a lot of discussions going on of what they think could be and couldn't, you know, from all of us, but... Um, yeah, come game day, we'll see, and, um, and hopefully we get it right. You've got a lot of championship games under your belt. What's your assessment of, of the division this year? There, there isn't a, a Newcastle type or a Wolves no. type. So how, how do you view perhaps the state of play this year so far? It's the hardest league in the world. It's the most competitive. I've said it many, many times. You know, start of each and every season, 15, 16 teams realistically believe that they can get to the, to the playoff positions or the automatic positions and... That is a realistic game. That's not just, OK, yeah, 16, but it'll end up being 10. Yeah, of course, at the final bit, but all the way up, you've seen it so many times. Look at last year, all the way up to the last few games, each positions were being jockeyed for, and um, that's why it is the most competitive league in the world. It's the most physically demanding as well in terms of the scheduling. So it's so demanding on players um, and on everyone. That consistency is what you fight for. But of course, there can be ups and downs along the way. Every team faces them. So, um, it, but it's about being strong in what you're doing and believe in what you're doing and, and focus on that. And more often than not, you can be in good positions to win games. The key in this league is to make sure that you're always within games. Either you're winning games comfortably or if you're not quite winning games, you're still in a position to try and fight for that result. Um, so, yeah, that's what the, the keys to this league are. Final, uh, final question for me. You were, you were thinking or you were pondering about coaching staff and adding to them. Has anything mm. happened on that? this week with James Beattie or somebody else coming in? No, nothing at the moment. Look, um, you know, working with Lee and, and, and the rest of the guys here, you know, um, I said it from the start, they've been great. Lee done a fantastic job in, in terms of obviously when Steve left in the pre-season and, and then Lee taking the role of that place, done a fantastic job with the team and, and obviously working with him, his experience, it's great to have around because that gives me that insight of players and, and the environment and all those types of things. But of course, you know, if the opportunity is there to help support that, yeah, I'll look to do that. But at this moment in time, it's, it's, it's where it's at. Gary, how much have you learned about this group from working with them in the last few days? And is there anything specifically that you focused on or, or tweaked? Now, look, it's, obviously I have a good idea of all squads in this league. And, you know, I've come up against Sheffield Wednesday many, many times. And, mm. and it's a squad that hasn't changed massively over the last you know, three or four years. And obviously, they've added this year some new players but um, yes you have your perception of, of what that team and what type of players that's already knew that but um, yeah until you're working with the players and you see how they are face to face and how you interact with them and the responses that you get but um, it's only been a very few days I've had with them but as I said they've been brilliant I've been very very pleased with them um, yeah there's a few new ideas I've tried to put in but it's not to change everything at once that's impossible it'd be a silly thing, mistake to make but it's about putting enough of my ideas in for now to then try and help us move that forward.
Connor Grant and a few of the youngsters have, have trained with the rest yeah. of the group this week. How important is that to you, bringing through youngsters or giving yeah. them an opportunity well, in the long run? It's every club I've ever been at. I've always used young players. Um, I've always promoted that. And young players have made their debuts and, and, and played games and, and gone on to have careers. You know, So that's the point of a manager. The point of a manager is to, when you use a young player, it's not just to put a young player in for the sake of it. Some clubs like to do that for the, the PR side of it. My job as a manager is, is to have a good look at young players. I love. There's no better feeling than bring, give, bring, giving a young player an opportunity. I was a young player at one point. Yeah. You need an opportunity. But my job is to put them when I think they can do no harm to themselves. Yeah, they might not be the best at that point, but they, they can have a career. Do you know what I mean? That's the key. Put them in when you feel that they're ready to not just do that what they're doing right now but they're going to have a career and be able to sustain it they're not going to get damaged anyway whereas some clubs just like the PR side of it it's great that we've got five or six young players playing but then you never see them again whereas I don't do that you know, my track records prove that You know, I've had a lot of young players that have played for me made their debuts or whatever but they're still playing now they're still even if it's not the same club they've gone on to play you know, many games that's the key I find with young players so it's good only an early look at some of the young players but again there's nothing better at a club if you can bring a young player through the system so yeah, that's what I look to do if, if possible. Have you already picked your team for Sunday? No, um, I'll have a good think about it tonight and tomorrow. Yeah, difficult because we have a competitive mm. squad. And um, yeah, you know, when I look at last season at Burn, we had a very small squad, which is great when you don't get injuries. And we were lucky enough, we, you know, conditioned the players were in, we didn't get many injuries. This is a, a bigger squad, so that brings its own difficulties. But, you know, I see a very good team spirit there already. It's about enhancing that. And at the end of the mm. day, everyone's going to be needed. That's why it's a squad game. It's not just about 11 players. So mm. it's the whole squad that will be needed for the duration of the season. So another issue then that's kind of been raised in the in the aftermath of uh, Gary Monk coming in, we heard some of the fans referring to it earlier. There's been quite a bit of talk about this. Lee Bullen. So he is staying on as assistant manager. Now, look, you, you often get this at, at, at clubs whereby um, for, for a little while that... You know, someone that's kind of been there for a while stays on in the background and then a couple of months down the line, they actually move on. So you know, this is not to say that Lee Bullen is, is definitely going to be around forever. I'm sure that uh, Gary Monk's going to have his thoughts and plans about what he'd like to do from that point of view. But where do you stand on this? Lee Bullen sticking around, is this a positive or a negative? I don't really see how he can look at it in a negative way. Uh, well, I he's, think... he's been involved with several unsuccessful managerial stints at Wednesday. Yeah, you can look at it from that point of view. Uh, but well, he was also part of the coaching setup that reached back-to-back playoffs as well. But um, didn't get promoted. Well, didn't I'm get, being harsh. Didn't get, but well, yeah, that you're playing devil's advocate there, aren't you? But uh, at the same time, he's been a great servant for the club, and I think for a new manager uh, who is still learning the ropes and getting you know to know this group of players. You've got to remember that Gary Monk has never worked with any of these players before. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's seen a lot of them, no doubt, over the years, you know, on TV or live at games. But, uh, yeah, to actually, he's got to get inside the minds of these players and, and they want to be getting to, to know them as people. So who better, really, than Lee Bowen, who's worked at the club for uh, the best part of a decade, uh, to sort of fill him in, uh, and give him important information, you know, while he's still getting his feet under the table. Uh, so yeah, I, I I think it's obviously a good thing in the short term, uh, most definitely to have Lee Bowen there, sort of acting as assistant manager. What will happen when Gary Monk brings in new 
staff, new coaching staff, and uh, we've seen at his other clubs that he has worked with really sort of, there's a pool of three or four people, including James Beattie, uh, and he's already sort of discussed and hinted at that, that James Beattie is one that uh, you know he may look at in the future. Pep uh, Clotet, the Birmingham City manager, is, is somebody who he's worked with before, but you've got to think that's highly unlikely that uh, Clotet, who's a number one, is going to want to then go back to being a number two or just working as part of a, of a backroom team. But then there are another two or three people yeah. at, at Birmingham who he's worked with and at Middlesbrough, Leeds and Swansea, always other clubs. So I'm sure in time that, yeah, there will be some additions and there needs to be some additions as Wednesday are right now. They are short, um, their coaching staff. They, they're, you know, having lost the three Steves, uh, they are still people down from yeah. where they were in the summer. So people definitely need to be added. But I, yeah, to answer your question, yeah, for me, yeah, Lee, Lee Bourne is going to be invaluable. Uh, and I think for everything that he's done, uh, he, he deserves to stay on for me at the club. I, I don't disagree with you in the slightest. I, I, you're right in terms of playing devil's advocate. But I also think of Lee Bullen a little bit. He's, he's kind of like, um, you know, if you follow politics and all the stuff that's happened over the last couple of weeks, and, and Ken Clark is referred to as like the grandfather of the House of Commons, Lee Bullen's kind of like the grandfather of Sheffield Wednesday. He'll probably not thank us for, for saying that because he's uh, he's still a, a young guy. But, um, you know, he, he does know the club, and it's such a cliche, but he knows the club inside out. He really does. And that, that is, you know, Gary Monk can draw as much or as little knowledge from Lee Bullen as he as he wants. But if he hasn't got that there, and all that does is it just slows down progress. So the, the I can't really see a downside. Um, downside. It goes to it. back as well to the wider point, James, of what we've said before. Is now the, the situation that Lee Bullen's facing, where it's the third time that he's missed out on the perm job. But I mean, certainly for this one, he'd put his hat in the ring. Uh, so in terms of his future and what Lee Bourne wants to do, I think that may become clearer uh, You know, in time. You know, is, he, is he happy now just going back to being a first-team coach or does he want to become a number one? And, and we've both, I think, made it clear that I, I think that uh, certainly for the next, well, we don't know how long Gary Monk's going to be in charge for. Obviously, we can't you know, see into the future, but uh, it's difficult right now to see him getting his opportunity at Wednesday. Yeah. Uh, so if he's serious and still has desires and aspirations to become a manager, then uh, he, you know, he may have to go elsewhere. Uh, I hear there's a job going at Lincoln if he's uh, interested in that. Uh, right then, let's let's look ahead a little bit to um, Sunday then. So uh, it'll be the first team selection for Gary Monk. Will Monk be bold in his team selection? Stop it bold, now. Bold Stop it. In his team selection. Um, it, it, it's kind of hard to, to, to know. We, we have no idea, do we? This is kind of, you know, I, I was saying earlier, it's kind of weird that... Um, Wednesday against Huddersfield, two new managers, almost like first day of the season again, because there's been a little bit of a break. We don't know how either manager is going to choose to line up. There's an excuse there for a manager to change everything if they want to do so. Um, we're, we're in we're in uncharted territory. We've got no idea what what, what we are. Going on, and so. then something else to throw in to the equation, of course, is that you know, Tom Lees is a doubt with his hamstring injury that forced him out in the warm up against QPR. So if Tom Lees is not available, what are Wednesday going to do at centre-half? Uh, and will they stick with a back four? I, I I can't see Gary Monk making wholesale changes when he's been in the job less than a week. I think he's got to try and 
um, stick to the fundamentals and keep, uh, you know, back to basics almost, the approach. And I think he's got to keep things. And, and that's, uh, you know, from what uh, I've gathered so far of Gary Monk and on the training ground, that, you know, he, he's very precise and clear about his message and instructions and what he demands and what he expects from players. Good. Uh, so I think that uh, it may well be that the four four two again, uh, of course, are going to have to make a change at the top end. It's Fernando Forestieri can't play for the next six matches. And it's what do you do if Tom Lees doesn't shake off this hamstring injury? And personally, I think it's going to be um, a big gamble playing Tom Lees anyway. Tom Lees, during this international break, went actually back. To, he went to Barcelona last week to receive treatment. Uh, on his hamstring, so he was there for a couple of days, um, you know, seeing a specialist. But two weeks, even if it's a, a low-grade hamstring tear, that's uh, two weeks might not be enough, uh, and he may need a bit longer. Possibly Fulham might be more realistic. So, what do you do, uh, Dominic? I offer centre half again after what happened in the last match, or, or do you go to David Bates? It's tricky. Um, I'd be, uh, to be honest, I I'm struggling to get my head around the idea of I offer being a centre half because he's got that tendency to. I can't find a better way of phrasing it than just that tendency to go missing uh, or to switch off. That when you're a fullback, your job's a little bit. It's a little bit simpler. You kind of you know you you're running up or down a wing. You're either trying to get the ball into the box or you're trying to tackle or you might be covering if if you've been kind of dragged over from one side to the other or something. Centre half's a lot more a lot more complex and. Um, I think that someone like David Bates or even Jordan Thornley that has the experience of playing, you know, that as their role um, is is just going to fit. It, it feels like playing I offer at centre-half is, is experimental. And that's not what we're in the market for right now. We need solidity. I'd be surprised if Thornley got chucked in on Sunday. I think he might be on the bench if Tom Lees is out. And I, I would, you, know, you would look at it and you think that the... Most obvious choice is David Bates. And, and I say that Jordan Fawley, I can't see him playing purely because then it would be two left-sided centre-backs and, and so you'd have to move Bourne or, or you're asking Fawley to play on the right-hand side where he may not be as comfortable. Uh, so I just look at it purely from that point of view, whereas David Bates is a natural right-footer. So in terms of the partnership, it might be yeah. a little bit uh, easier for him to just slot him straight in and you got to remember, he did come in here on loan, probably thinking that he's going to get a fair amount of game time. Yeah. So uh, he, he'd be desperate to get out there and, and you know, prove a point himself. He's not started a match in the week yet yeah. since joining the club. So he'd be desperate to, and itching to get out there. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, his pedigree is great. And, uh, you know, he was away with Scotland. Uh, I don't think he got any game time. No, he but, didn't. No. Um, I, I, yeah, let's, let's, let's get him on the pitch and let's, uh, let's see how he, uh, let's see how he does. Um, yeah, so, I mean, you know, once 11 o'clock comes around on Sunday, um, Gary Monk's first team, it's going to be uh, intriguing to see what selections he goes with. Um, so let's hear from a guy who probably will be in that first starting 11 for uh, Gary Monk. Let's get the thoughts of Barry Bannon. Everything that was going on previously, it's easy to make excuses, but like I said, he's come in straight away and put his own stamp on it. And defenders know what they should be doing, fullbacks, attackers, midfielders, so it's been great. And does your role change? I mean, just as an exercise, does your role change at all, or is it just more of the same from you? I don't know if I'm playing yet, to be honest. um, But let's say you are. um, It's a little bit different, but it's not majorly different. It's 
my role, I don't think if I play it'll change majorly. I'm, the way I play, I try to make things happen and I won't stop doing that. So, But defensively, it's different and stuff like that and we've been working on it and I've enjoyed it. Hmm. It must be uh, a jolt in a positive way that there is now a structure and a hierarchy. You know, Lee Bullen took the team and, and it was working pretty well, wasn't it? But for a couple of matches across that run, but while there is in, an indecision, people just need to know what's what, don't they? Yeah, it was obviously Billy done a great job stepping in and, and taking us for that month and a bit or whatever it was he took us for but um, like you said you just want clarity at football and um, it was it was hard because we didn't know what, what was happening really we didn't know if he was going to be the manager or not so sometimes you just need that clarity to come in and say right this is who's the manager let's go and that's what we've got now so we're, like we said everybody's chomping at the bit in training now it's a fresh start, he'll come in with different ideas, he might like different players, so it's good for the squad and I think, um, like you said, he got done at the right time in the international break, he's had a lot of time to work with us and get his points across and we're looking forward to Sunday now. How uh, important is it for you as a group of players that Lee Bullen stays on the coaching staff as you have that link of a guy that you all know and, and have trusted for, for a long time now? Yeah, of course, Billy's um, been here for years and been like, part of the furniture really so it's good to keep Billy around I think done a great job like I said and we are lucky to have Billy because um, he, he took it all in his stride really and I think that comes from him being here and knowing the players from the previous years when it was a bit easier for him to step in and take it um, so it's great to see that he's still here and in and around it. If, uh, if the plates had have turned a bit differently the manager who you're facing this weekend might have been your manager. <laughs> Uh, how aware were you guys of all of that speculation leading up to, well, I suppose, him becoming the Huddersfield manager before Gary Monk took over? I was in centre parts with my missus and my <laughs> so Safest I, place to be. I had no signal, so I didn't really <laughs> see it. I got a bit of signal now and again, and my brothers and stuff were phoning saying, have you seen this? But I was away from football that week. It was my first holiday with my little girls, so I didn't really look at it as... I was just planning on coming back and it being Billy, so... I wasn't really fussed, to be honest, I was more enjoying my holiday, but um, like I said, I don't know if it was true or false, but the guy we've got here now has been brilliant and the time he's been in the door and we're all glad to have him. Must have been good to switch off and have a bit of proper downtime then. Yeah, it was. Um, I needed a holiday after it, to be honest. There was a few sleepless nights. You didn't take to the, the small cabin that we were in for the four or five days we were there, but it's good to get away, especially after losing um, it eats at you for a couple of days and it's not nice, you want to be right back out there again, but it gives you time to look back at the, the month or so of the season and, and reflect on things and like I said, I'm chopping it a bit to get going again on Sunday. And your reflections then, yeah, having thought about it, are are what? What what could have been done different, better? How do you, how do you see it? I think we should have picked up more points, really, I think. On another day, we wouldn't have lost against QPR, I think. At half time, we hadn't really turned up in the first half, but we had no problems really. We went in 1 0 up, so I think we just got complacent second half and, and never really killed the game. And when you don't kill the game, there's always chances for teams, and they took the chances. So, previously, earlier on in the season, Millwall, I think we should have definitely left with a point at least. Um, so, little things like that are can be crucial come towards the end of the season so we're, we're disappointed but like I say we're not a million miles off and 
we've got a new manager and and that in now as well. So if you look at back at it, it's three wins and three losses, I think, which should have been more wins from our point of view. But we're not a million miles off, and like I said, this is a big month coming up, and we're all looking forward to it. Have you ever been in a circumstance this weekend where both teams have got a new manager starting? I don't think so. Um, I can't recall it, but I think it'll be pretty much the same for both sets of teams. They'll be working on things that they're probably not done, so hopefully we come out top. And Huddersfield Town, well, prior to any new manager coming in, have had a, a tough start to the season. They've not won yet. They've not won a football match for a while. How can Wednesday exploit that? Um, we need to go there and, and do what we're good at first and foremost. We need to concentrate on what we want to do in the game on Sunday. Um, we know Huddersfield are a good team. They've not got off to the start that they probably wanted, but... They've got quality in their team and we've known that from the times we've played them and they've just obviously got relegated. So I think they'll have their, their own expectations of going up this year again as well. So any fixture in this league's tough, especially away from home. So it's going to be a tough game, we'll respect them, but I think we've got to try and capitalise on the, the bad start that they've had to the season and try and take the game to them from the off. Does it become for teams who haven't so recently been in the Premier League an opportunity to almost knock that relegated club off their perch a little bit? Because they will still think clearly and understandably, well, they should be up there challenging for it again like the other relegated sides will. I think a lot of the teams that have probably played against them have looked at it like that. They've come down from the Premier League. It's a big scalp early doors to get a, a good one on the board. And when you come down from the Premier League, that's the, the problem you have. Everybody wants to beat you, so it's, it's tough for them. But... Um, like I said, they've got a new manager in as well. Everybody will be fresh start for them. It'll be different things as well. So it should make out for a good game. And just finally, I realise teams change, but whenever Wednesday play Huddersfield, certainly for the next few years or so, there'll be a reference made by presumably someone like me about the semi-final and just what might have been over the course of those two legs. Do you think about that and that 20-minute spell? Yeah, um, obviously they... They went on to get promoted that year and when you look back there was probably 20 minutes in, in that game where we nearly scored to make it 2-0. I think that would have killed the game and it could have been us but like I said, fair play to them. They went on and had to, they had to win the final as well which they'd done and they went on and played in the Premier League and that's things that we wanted to do. So there's no it's no, no point in looking back at it now. It's just another game at the weekend. It's as if we're playing anybody else in the league. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not one of them things where you look back and think, oh, we, we need to get one over in them again. It's just an, another three points on Sunday. Though. And just finally, how, how important for Sheffield Wednesday is it that there is a, a core group of players, you, Kieran, Tom, and one or two others, that play week in, week out, and that there is invariably, regard, almost regardless of who the manager is, there's going to be a steady ship here? in taking this team forward, that there's a solid group of experienced pros that you, know, you kind of know what you're going to get most weeks? Yeah, it's always good to have that, like you said, that three, four, five players, whatever it may be, that know what the club want and know everything, the ins and outs of the club. And I think from being here over the four or five years that I've been here, I'm probably one of the players now that knows what the club wants and, and will do everything I can to, to get them there. And... There's four or five, like you mentioned, that have been here for that that time. So you always know what you're going to get with, no matter what happens with them players. And they'll try, and for the new players that come in, they'll try and get them on the same boat and pushing in the same direction. So 
we're lucky to have that because you don't normally see that. You see players coming and going, but we've got a good group here that have been here for five, five, six years now. And like I said, it's just adding to them players and giving them a freshness and things like that. And I think we've done that, that this year. So, like I said, it's, it's always good to have good pros and we're lucky we have that at this goal. Shall I do my uh, terrible Scottish impression? No. no. All right. Uh, let's move on to Alpinians then. Last week, uh, international break. So we asked you who you think the best Wednesday player, past or present, who's never played for their country. Now, um, I came up with Paul Warhurst, Dalian Atkinson and Paolo Di Canio. Um, some really good suggestions on Twitter. Uh, Tellboy saying uh, Don Megson. David Bentley also going with uh, Don Megson. Uh, Dale says Chris Bart-Williams. Ah, God, Chris Bart-Williams. What a, what a legend he was back in the day. Uh, Mark Etchers, Kevin Pressman. Uh, Nicholas says Mark Bright. Of course, it was his birthday, wasn't it, this week? Uh, Rocket Owl um, saying Carboni and Emerson Tome, who also got uh, mentions from Pistol Pete, from um, Nathan as well. Lee says Phil King. Uh, Lewis saying uh, Derek Dooley. Uh, Simon Hughes. Brian Joycey. He's sing uh, Joycey for England back in the day, apparently. Uh, Chris Hall says Kieran Lee. Uh, Nigel Pearson. Martin Hodge, who never played for England. Luke Mikhail Antonio. I think he's been included in a couple of England squads, but never got played. Uh, Michael saying Gerald Subon some really good suggestions Great there um, so this week and um, I'll, I'll credit to you Dom you came up with this so um, five games between now and the next international break so Wednesday you've got Huddersfield away obviously on Sunday Fulham at home Middlesbrough away Hull away and Wigan at home so that's five games 15 points on offer how many points is a good return from those five so that's three away games two home games so, uh, what do you think Wednesday going to get, and what they will what they will get? I f- I think Wednesday should be looking to target ten points. I think maybe eight points. Really, I've 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 done I've done the maths. Uh, right, uh, let's assume that we win both home games. That's what what we've got to be targeting. Yeah. So that's six points. I think we can win one of the away games. That's three points. Probably, probably Hull, if I had to pick one that I think, yeah, I can see us going there and winning. Um, and then a draw in one of the other away games, Huddersfield or Borough, I'm not sure. Uh, but that will be 10 points, which, you know, 10 points returned from 15 is top six form. It's a good return. And when you've got three away games or just two two home games in that period, um, I think that we'd be uh, pretty happy with that. Yeah, and of course, we're not uh, forgetting that Everton, the cup tied, that's also in between all these fixtures too. But yeah, I, I do look at it and think that um, Fulham at home, that that is really tough. I think Wednesday will do well to win. I've seen Fulham a few times this season and their front three are, are, are the best in the league. Really do. They're going to they're gonna cause um, teams a lot of problems this year. Uh, and I can see them scoring plenty of goals. Uh, and, and Huddersfield have been in turmoil but they've got a new manager and Middlesbrough and Hull they're they're looking to turn things around I look at it and think on paper that Wigan home match is is the easiest uh, and Wigan haven't travelled well since they've got back into the championship but yeah I I don't think it's going to be as straightforward as some people will think this little run so you think eight Eight points is like the realistic aim. I'd love to think they're going to get ten. Any more than that would be brilliant, but I think it, it may well be eight. 
Interesting. Um, okay, it, it's like we said earlier, it's kind of like starting the season again. It's so hard to predict, isn't it? Um, we'll be after your thoughts on uh, this. How many points do you think will be a good return for Wednesday out of those five games between now and the next international break? Which, by the way, just five games between international breaks is rubbish. And uh, as much as I enjoyed watching the England game, particularly the Kosovo game, which was mental, um, five games is, is just rubbish. Um, tell us what you think. We'll use some of your thoughts next Friday, joining the conversation with the hashtag Alpinions on Twitter. Um, you can catch Dom at Domhausen. I am at James Marriott. Contact the show at Dom and James. Uh, we also now have a Facebook page and an Instagram account, um, which we will be getting into the habit of using a little bit. So if you're on either of those platforms, then um, track us down. Just do a search for Singing the Blues and you will find us. Uh, thank you to our gold sponsor, Taito Law, who you can find at titolaw.co.uk. That's just about it. Thank you for joining us. As ever, let's have your feedback on the show. We do appreciate your reviews. And please subscribe for free in your podcast app of choice to get the new episode every week. Uh, Check the show notes as well for how details of you can become a Singing the Blues supporter. Up the owls and see you next Friday.